Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. If I had my damn painting, we wouldn't be having this conversation now, would we? Since you didn't bring me my $40 million painting, I'm going to need you to pay me back. With interest. Can we just get to the job? There is a legend in the underworld, those in the know, it's called a money plane. Some of the baddest motherfuckers on the planet are on that plane, all craving action. Whatever you want to wager on, the money plane has you covered. You want to bet on a dude fucking an alligator? Money plane. Untouchable by any government because the flight always. Enough is enough! I have had it with these motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking plane! Everybody strap in! I'm about to open some fucking windows. Hello, everyone. By all of those round, random sound bites and clips, you know that you've landed on another edition of the Hashtag Miranda Show, which is part of the ChairShot Radio Network, which is part of thechairshot.com. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. Yes. The hashtag Miranda thechairshot.com. Always use your head. It's, no, like hands up in the air, like I don't know what happened. You literally push the buttons. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. You done? How is it? It's my show, and every time I have to ask you, you that's the so the very first week when we had when I thought people would be able to see the names that are underneath our faces that zoom puts there i had literally changed mine to like the person who's actually in charge and no one ever saw it so it didn't matter but yeah yeah but you know i'm sure you'll put something crazy this week who who knows Uh, i'm setting the expectation up right now uh but back to the introduction yes this is the hashtag miranda show i am your host the twitterless heroine herself the ring announcer to the stars, and of course, the queen of soft style, Miranda Morales. And I am joined by my colleague, co-host, and dear friend, also button pusher of the literal and figurative sense, Greg DeMarco. Dave, it's me, Dave. That's me. I'm the one pushing buttons all the time. I never stop pushing buttons. This is such good shit. And I won't. Yes. I can't. It's an addiction. And he won't. Won't. Can't stop. Won't stop. But can't, hey. can't play that though. Can't play it. Can't stop. Won't stop. Sound. Can't now. play it. Yeah. You, YouTube will get mad it, at me. We can. So now I can say only. It. I can only say play things like this. Dave, it's me, Dave. But I can't play the fourteen I just passed by that I want to play because they're all musical. Yes, of Fuck, course. Fucking you. Well, yeah. <sighs> 
uh, if you are listening or watching this show, thank you very much. Again, this is a podcast and now a video cast as well. So if you haven't seen this on video yet, you are missing out uh, on our lovely faces right here and all of the random stuff that we do. Well, you can get to see our facial expressions and this episode in particular, you're going to want to do that because we have a really interesting topic. It is wrestling related ish. Uh, but enough where, you know, as a wrestling fan, you'll definitely want to listen in and it will segue into a few other things as well. I'm going to still keep it vague, a little mysterious, uh, for you for right now, but in the meantime, we got a few things to let you know about. Of course, I've mentioned that this podcast is a proud part of the chair shot radio network, which is part of the chair shot.com. Now you can always use your head money plan. We're never gonna get to this. I feel money like we're, plan. We're never gonna get to it. It's money plan. Like this. You done? Money plan. <laughs> now I am. Now I'm done. <laughs> Greg, look. If you can keep interrupting me, but then I won't be able to tell our lovely listeners and viewers where they can follow the chair shot on social media. Oh, well, Is that, that what you want? That will get me to stop pushing buttons right there. Yeah. Yeah. So. Just stop for a second. Well, you know, I let our lovely audience know that you can follow the chair shot on social media at chair shot media. That's on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. That's it. Those are, those are, those are the three. Those are the things. Those are, those are the things. Yes. Two that you so, have, one that you don't. Yes, follow us on social media to get all of the latest updates and news, not only from thechairshot.com, but also for the multiple podcasts that are featured on the Chairshot Radio Network. I, myself, Miranda Morales, well, you can find me on social media as the Twitterless heroine. Well, I'm not on Twitter. Sometimes I do take over the Chairshot's Twitter account. I just did that most recently for Slammiversary. I'm sure I will be doing it again. So your best bet is to follow at ShareShop Media. But if you want to follow me directly, well, you can follow me at the hashtag Miranda on Facebook and Instagram. There I post uh, lots of cool information, uh, links to all of the shows and my random musings. And of course, on Instagram, you can find some really cool pictures of me. One of the most recent pictures I did upload was of myself back in a ring. I actually was a ring announcer, which I, I say I'm the ring announcer to the stars, uh, but have not uh, announced anyone since March. So almost going on five months. So this past weekend, uh, I was lucky enough to serve as the ring announcer for Kickstart My Heart Wrestling, uh, based out of the Twin Cities in Minnesota. Uh, first time in Minnesota ever. Uh, that was a thing. But, you know, it's a beautiful it's a cool state. Yeah. And uh, here in Arizona over the weekend, what, 110 degrees, something crazy Yeah, like I that? think it was even, yeah, I think Friday was like, or we hit 118 at some point recently. But, yeah, it was hot. No, sir. It was toasty. No, sir. Yes, in, in Minnesota, it was in like the high 70s. It was beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful. And it was just very awesome to uh, announce for Kickstart My Heart, um, a great promotion, a- amazing talent, um, actually from all over uh, coming together for, for a show. So a big shout out to Kickstart My Heart uh, for having me as your ring announcer. And going back to all the plugs, Greg, you can find him at Chairshot Greg. And also email Greg for anyone who needs to email him. 
Sorry, I, 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 I played a sound bite because your internet connection was unstable again. So it always is unstable. Unfortunately, really- unfortunately for me, it was unstable while you're plugging all of my stuff. So no one can follow me or email me now because of your unstable internet connection. Why don't okay. you tell the people then just, just to make sure that they hear you. So if you want to, e- if you want to follow me, you can follow me on Twitter at the hashtag Miranda. You can email me at Miranda Morales, some numbers at Gmail. No, uh, at Chairshot Greg, you can email me, Greg DeMarco, at thechairshot.com. You can also go to thechairshot.com forward slash Greg DeMarco. It's all there. That's uh, It's even in the menu of thechairshot.com because Patrick O'Dowd today was all about calling out people's vanity. So there you go. Um, that's where you can find that. I can't even play the You're So Vain soundbite. Like, that's the original one that you YouTube can't, flagged. Can't. You can't, everybody. <sighs> Damn it. Damn it, YouTube. You know, I think you, you know, you know what I look at YouTube? This is, I wish I had this back when I first got those emails from YouTube. Remember when I'd like took a picture of the email and texted it to you with just like, oh shit. Here's what I was thinking about YouTube at the time. Are you really fucking with me right now? Are you fucking with me? That's what I thought about YouTube. Uh, we'll get there, everyone. You may be wondering what in the hell are these sound bites? Building the uh, suspense. Money. Building the suspense. Uh, the best way that we know how. But before we get to it, we got one more thing we got to plug. And of course, that is uh, the t-shirts that you can find on prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot. And this week in particular is special because you can save 20% off of your t-shirt order using the promo code summertime uh, this week. So uh, as Greg calculated, because uh, he is the math expert, the statistician, uh, with the Excel files and all of that, the mathematician, all of that. Um, that 20% will help cover the cost. If you decide to upgrade your t-shirt to soft style, can help cover the cost. So I always talk about, you know, spending a few extra dollars and treating yourself to a soft style t-shirt. You can do that now with this code for no extra money. Maybe some, you know, just, just depends. Uh, however, if you want a good chunk of that uh, extra cost covered, you can use the promo code SUMMERTIME when you go to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot. There you can find over 25 different t-shirt designs all in support of the chairshot.com. Of course, of course you can find the queen of soft style t-shirt just for you and you can order it in soft style. I mean, how else? Well, I, I could not put my name on a t-shirt if I couldn't sell it to you in a soft style, I just will refuse to do it. And not only can you get the Queen of Soft Style t-shirt, you can get lots of other chair shot t-shirts in soft style, but you can also get them in sleeveless, with sleeves, low cut, regular cut, whatever cut you want. Not really, just whatever the options are available on prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot. But again, that's an awesome way that you can support thechairshot.com and you can be stylish. So don't forget, 20% off. Use the promo code SUMMERTIME at prowrestlingtees.com forward slash thechairshot. This is the second time you've ever used the phrase with sleeves to describe the options that the t-shirts come in. And I think that's my favorite option. Sleeveless and with sleeves, which is just, you know, a t-shirt. But that... You can get long sleeves, short sleeves. You can, actually. But short sleeves not an option. It's just a t-shirt. Like, it's just a t-shirt. It's it's. But soft style is an option. That's what everybody should get. Like like I, wholeheartedly. Once you once you go soft style, you're never gonna want a, another non soft style t-shirt. No, just, just no, because you fancy and you deserve it. That's right. Uh, speaking of, you know, deserving it, 
Maybe that was a terrible segue, actually. Depends uh, on what you're segueing to. Uh, some additional commercials to play for you before we get into our first topic. That was a terrible segue. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. Are you looking for the newest and hottest in the world of pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 6,000 hours of the best events from over 150 of your favorite promotions from 20 different countries around the globe. Brands like Progress Wrestling, Evolve Wrestling, Combat Zone, Defy, PCW Ultra, PWX, Over the Top, Shine, and hundreds of others with fresh content added every day for only $5.99 per month. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. That's over 150 of your favorite promotions found exclusively at powerslam.tv. So go to powerslam.tv and you'll get a free week. But if you use the promo code chairshot, you will get a free month. Now a month is only six bucks, but why not try it out and see if you like it first and do it on us. Go to powerslam.tv, promo code chairshot, get your free month. Again, that's powerslam.tv, promo code chairshot. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. Enough is enough. I have had it with these motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking plane. Everybody strap in. I'm about to open the fucking window. Fuck you, Pat. So I mentioned the very first topic, and if you've been listening to this show for the past few minutes, you've heard many of a clip uh, from this uh, particular movie that we're going to talk about. So this is the very first movie review uh, on the Hashtag Miranda show, and uh, as you may guess, it is going to be pretty random. Uh, This is my first official movie review ever uh, that does not involve me talking to a friend or you know, I don't know what other movie, like a formal movie review. Like, wow. But like you can actually find at thechairshot.com when the bandwagon nerds crew does their movie reviews or the couple that I've done podcast version, but you, you can even get them. You get at least one a week over at thechairshot.com. At least. Yes. So this movie review is of Money Plane. Money now plane. this is uh, what that this particular movie it was released not too long ago um and the reason why we are reviewing it is really this stacked roster the stacked cast uh primarily including wwe superstar edge um and more you know famous people that you will for sure recognize in this movie uh and we'll get into that in a second uh but this movie is really you know as I would like to imagine it. Um, I've been a big fan of, you know, uh, action movies. And from the other quotes that you've heard just recently, big fan of snakes on a plane. So when I heard a money plane, I said, yes, sign me up for it. 
And of course, Greg, as he's mentioned, has reviewed many movies before. So he also volunteered to, you know, watch this movie, give it his professional look. Uh, but what what would you know, who do we be if we weren't giving you, you know, what you needed to know uh, about this movie that Money stars plane. WWE superstar Edge? Money Plane. That's, <laughs> that's the name of the movie. Oh, Money that's, plane. that's the name of the movie. So. I figured starting off this movie, giving a little background on it, uh, because there may not be people who know much uh, about the movie itself. So I'm pulling up a few things, uh, including its IMDb page, because that's really the the true source. You got to pull up the IMDb in order to, you know, talk more about the cast. But this movie, uh, the summary uh, of this movie is a professional thief with a 40 million uh, with 40 million in debt. And his family's life on the line must commit one final heist, rob a futuristic airborne casino filled with the world's most dangerous criminals. So, in Some and of, of itself, that sounds pretty, pretty interesting. That, that, was, that was a perfect soundbite for what you just said. I got to play it again. Some of the baddest motherfuckers on the planet are on that plane. Yep. That's pretty much it. Some of the baddest motherfuckers on the planet are on that plane. What plane are they on? Money plane. That's what plane they're on. <laughs> That's the plane that they're on, yes. Now, this is labeled as a action-adventure movie, also mystery and suspense. I will get into that. I don't know if I if I agree with that uh, category of it, but, you know. Um, who knows? Now, the interesting thing about the movies, I talked about the star-studded cast, and if you've seen the trailer or the movie, the trailer or the movie poster for it, you've probably seen some familiar faces on it. But uh, maybe a familiar face that you aren't aware of as director and writer of this movie is uh, one Andrew Lawrence. And you may not, you know, for some people they say, who who is that? Well, for anyone who's grown up in the 90s, which dates me and Greg as well, but in the 90s, there's a trio of brothers that were all over television, uh, even, you know, heartthrob status. Um, and they are just a staple of, of 90s television and even movies. So Andrew Lawrence, now, now I'm also going to date myself because I don't remember all three of them. Uh, so you have Andrew, Joey. Joey is the most famous of the Lawrence brothers. Joey right? is the most famous. Joey Lawrence Andrew was on Blossom. Is the middle? Would say whoa all the time. Like that's Joey. Yes. Lawrence. Whoa. That's Joey Lawrence. Whoa. And then there's Andrew, and then there's the other Lawrence brother who was more well known than Andrew, but now I can't remember who it who it is. It yeah, is I forget. Matthew, the youngest one. Matthew. Matthew Lawrence. Yes. Okay. So Matthew, Andrew, and Joey Lawrence. Um, it's like Hanson, but they're actors. And if yes. anyone doesn't know what, who Hanson is. You could still keep on like listening and watching to this, but just like, please take a few minutes to research Hanson. Please, yes. please. Basically, it's like if the Young Bucks were in a pop group and not wrestlers, they'd be Hanson. Mm-hmm. Really? The Young Bucks? I don't know about that. I thought they would be more of the Lawrence brothers, actually, if they were like actors. I just. Maybe. Yeah, yeah I can see that too. I could go with that. I I, I digress. So, uh, yes. Yeah, so this movie was written. Back to unstable internet. There we go again. Frozen Miranda. Frozen in time. Now she's back. Yes. So 
I mention all three Lawrence brothers uh, because they are featured in this film as well. So that's a big thing. You don't get to see all three Lawrence brothers in the same film. It was a, it's a rarity to see that. Um, Shocking. Shocking that, that Matthew Lawrence and Joey Lawrence would be in Andrew Lawrence's movie. Go figure. (laughs) Go figure. Wonder how they got those roles. It's not, I've said it before. It's not who you know. It's not what you know. It's who you know, Miranda. It is. It is. Yes. So, okay. So we got that established. We got the genre. We got who, you know, some of the the director and the writer uh, out of the the way. Um, It was released back in uh, July 10th is the official release date. And it is available through streaming. Uh, I've watched it through Amazon Prime and Greg, I believe, watched it through Redbox streaming. Yeah, I... uh... I got, I got a free, I got a free media copy worth every yeah. penny, worth every penny. Yes. He has that big league media copy and, you know, I actually. Big, big league. It. I told you, big, I big. told you didn't have to. Anyway, that's pulling back the curtain way too far. Every cent that they can get. These people have families. So <laughs> I wanted to do what I could consider it a charitable contribution. That's what it was. That's what it was. 82 minutes, which is, you know, average uh, for a movie. Short. It didn't honestly feel that long, though. Well, 82 minutes is a little short for a movie. Now, it wasn't released in yeah. the theaters, so I guess it's okay. But 82 minutes is like a super long TV show. Like, really. Yeah. So going back to the cast and, you know, uh, going back to IMDb, uh First build only, so, you know, as who you see first. Uh, Adam Copeland, a.k.a. Edge, uh, is is the lead character who plays Jack Reese in this movie. Is it Jack? It's Jack. Yeah. Reese, I would not have known unless you said it, but Jack, I would have known. I keep calling him John. What's his name, I don't know why. His name was not John. It was definitely Jack. Okay. I'm pretty sure it's in one of the sound bites that you wanted. I think he even says the name. I think he calls him Jack. Okay. I think. Well, I thought he was just like, hey, Jack, like Bucko or whatever. Like, that was <laughs> oh. I don't know. So, yes, Jack Reese. Then you have Kelsey Grammer uh, for, you know, very famous uh, TV and movie actor who plays. Now, the billing on this in IMDb has him as the Rumble. The Rumble. Even though he has a proper name, his billing in this movie is as the Rumble. Which um, is, oh, I, I don't even, I'm, okay. I'm sure we'll talk about it. Um, we'll talk. Uh, Thomas Jane is also in this movie. He just plays a character named Harry. Denise Richards, uh, both Thomas and Denise Richards are on the uh, uh, the uh, poster for this. Sarah, uh, who is uh, Jack's wife. And then uh, a few other actors on here, uh, Katrina Norman as Isabella, Patrick Lamont Jr. as Trey, Andrew Lawrence, he, he's the youngest, but he actually has a proper name in this. He's, he's known as Iggy, is, yeah. is his name. Uh, Joey Lawrence is the concierge, doesn't even have a proper name. Matthew Lawrence, I mean, now, yeah, he, uh, he uh, had a, a, a pretty big role in here as the cowboy i thought he had a a, um a proper name too but i don't know and then there's you know lots of other roles in here so i know okay so now things are making sense so i think i accidentally called andrew the middle one but andrew 
is the youngest one. So you have Andrew's the youngest one. He actually then has a role in here, wrote and directed it, which is a pretty big deal. Then you have Matthew, who's the middle one, and Joey is the oldest. Yes. So, you know, again, for any of you keeping up with this Lawrence family uh, dynamic, there you go. There will be a quiz later. There will be a quiz. On the Lawrence okay. brothers. So actually going into the movie. So the movie starts off with Jack. Uh, yes, with Jack. Yes. Uh, Edge. In I was going to say, case. we just call him Edge. Can we call him Edge? Yeah, let's just call him Edge. So. <laughs> so. Money plan. Jack Edge. Can we Edge Jack? I don't know. I They're interchangeable. If you hear Jack, it's Edge. If you hear Edge, it's Jack. Okay. Okay. Money plan. So Jack uh, is trying to enter a art museum and it's only labeled as an art museum. We don't know where this art museum is. Who cares? Uh, we don't even know if it's real. And so do we even know where any of this to... movie takes place? Really? Only at the end. Only There's at the end. Only we are one in there location in Turkey. at the yeah. end that is revealed. Everything else is undisclosed location. And even then we know they're not going to stay in that location. So yeah. So Edge <laughs> comes in. He's trying to get into this a museum. He has glasses on and a sports jacket, so you know he's serious. Is that the like actual dress code to go inside an art museum? You have to have glasses and a sports jacket. Maybe. I mean, I went to the Guggenheim, and oh, sure as hell wasn't fancy. wearing fancy. Sure as hell wasn't wearing a sport coat. They let me well, you there. should have, because that's a fancy uh, museum. The Goog is what we called it for the short. Goog. The Goog. Yeah, yeah, it's very the official. Goog. So. <laughs> He is there. He has his team working behind the scenes. Uh, he has the swipe card that allows him to get access. However, it's not working. And, you know, his team behind the scenes is trying to help him. And sure enough, eventually the card works. He goes into the back to try and find this painting, apparently. And uh, he goes into this room where he thinks the painting is, but it's not. And that's where we lead into, you know, them getting caught and him and his team getting caught and leaving the museum without the painting. Now, this sets up what trouble Jack gets into. I mentioned in the summary that he has a $40 million debt. Well, guess how they determined $40 million? Well, that was the price of the painting that he was supposed to steal. So he ends up going to this. He's not a mob boss. What is? What would you say is rumble? Um. He, he's he's Roll. rumble the rumble. His role rumble. is, I mean, he's probably wondering what the hell his role is in the movie too. While we are, um, yeah, he's just basically he's he's taking advantage of Edge and and his debt. Uh, he's a uh, he's a criminal, uh, a, a thief, a high end criminal. That's for sure. Maybe like a modernized version of a mob boss. Um, an organized crime leader, probably. Organized crime, yes, yeah. yeah. I keep using mob because that's just the the term, you know, I hear a lot on, on TV. But it seems like organized crime, but he's very yeah. particular about paintings and art. Very. That is his, uh, where where he commits his crimes, is yes. getting all this fancy That art. is his, his wheelhouse, if you were. His wheelhouse, yes. Even though we see no art. They just so the, all the scenes with Rumble are all filmed outside, like Probably in, in his someone's house. backyard. I don't even like. Never yeah. once do I see. Do I remember seeing Rumble inside a room? I mean, what the hell is Kelsey Grammer even doing in this movie? So 
I, I'm sure that I'm they sure he was like all that in like one day. He was probably was like, like, I'll I'm give not, you one day. I'm not leaving this spot. Yeah. So y'all just have to film. around. I'll give you one day. Come to my house, film me in my backyard with a terracotta tile on the ground. Cause that comes into play later. And yeah, if you can't get it done in a day, then I'm sorry. Cause they couldn't have paid him a lot. I mean, it's, 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 it's it's fucking money plane. Money plane. Money plane. Like, come on. Unless unless does he have a relationship with the Lawrence brothers? He probably does. Like that's I mean, they've probably they've all been in the television business for many, yeah. many years. So maybe they know each other through, you know, circles. Circles. Yeah. I don't know. Circles. I, I don't know either. So yes, so Kelsey Grammer, aka Rumble, uh, he pretty much tells Edge he he has bought his debt. So essentially Edge's character had a debt to pay and he was trying to get money to help pay that debt. Rumble said, I've done you a favor. I bought your debt, which means I own you now. And because you didn't get my $40 million painting, you're going to need to pay me back with interest. So actually it's beyond $40 million, but I don't know what the interest rate is on this. It's never discussed. So I feel like that's, yeah. So that's that's a missing piece of information. It could have been like, you know, 4. one of 2. many missing pieces of information in this movie. By the way, the Rumble's full name is Darius Emanuel Grouch the Third. The Third. AKA Which is why Rumble is the just Rumble. easy. And why is he called the Rumble? Where does he get the name the Rumble? What is, is his that, background I, at all? I don't know. They never talk about how he got the name the Rumble, which would have been cool. To right? like say like they don't call me Rumble for like they call me the Rumble cuz you know because I did this I, I don't but let let let's be honest let me just go ahead and throw the question out there what is the background of anybody in this movie seriously uh, that what, is true what do we you know do about anyone a little, a little bit of background for Jack uh, uh, like the tiniest little bit of background a tiny Jack. little bit yes. like we but know more about Sarah than we know about Jack like yes. so okay so or not Sarah I'm sorry what's that what's that what's the uh, Sarah's the wife. Yeah. Isabella. We know more about Isabella than we know about Jack. Yes. I'm getting my people oh. mixed up now. Yeah. There's so many, so many people there. Anyways. So, okay. You know, Jack goes back to his crew, the same one that tried to help him with the painting heist and said, okay, we have one more job. One more. And, well, actually, let's go back to it because we're missing the clip here. Rumble proposes to Edge that there's one last heist he has to do involving this casino in the sky. And what does he call it? Painting, we wouldn't be well, having this conversation it. now, would we? Since you didn't bring me my $40 million painting, I'm going to need you to pay me back with interest. Can we just get to the job? There is a legend in the underworld. Those in the know, it's called a money plane. Some of the baddest motherfuckers on the planet are on that plane, all craving action. Whatever you want to wager on, the money plane has you covered. You want to bet on a dude fucking an alligator? Money plane. Untouchable by any government because the flight always... Who the hell wrote that? (laughs) Like, of all the things... Uh, like, Apparently, according to the internet, Andrew Lawrence wrote that. If you want to believe, oh, I do. He's the writer and the that, director of the movie, and, and that he's credited. Andrew Lawrence stuff. written that if money playing where you could see a guy. No, I'm not even going to repeat it. I'm not going to repeat it. I'm not going to. Just know out there, if you if you want to bet on that, 
on what you heard about a man and an alligator. There is but one way to do it. Money plan. That's how you do it. Man, they really tested Kelsey Grammer's limits on this. He has some of the best and the worst lines in this entire movie. Some of the baddest motherfuckers on the planet are on that plane. That, for sure, is actually pretty fucking good. <laughs> I like some that. His delivery on shit is, on damn, it's solid. He, he is, but there's other things that it's like, how He's is the he best gone? and worst part of this movie <laughs> in yes, so many ways. All in one, best and worst part of this movie. So, yes, it, it's been set up. Uh, Jack has one last heist, money plane. The goal is to get the money from the plane and bring it back to Rumble. That includes actual cash and cryptocurrency, which that's going to be important, um, and a bunch of other stuff, it seems like. Maybe drugs, I don't know. But it, it, it is lots of money uh, that is available on that plane, and their job is to bring it back. Now, and one of the things that I love love about the job is when edge jack whatever the hell his name is is explaining this to his crew they they put in highlights of the job being done that we actually see later in the movie like, like yeah it's not even theoretical like, no at least it's in actual scenes, footage it's like, from okay, the this movie. is how theoretically and they're like now nah, we'll just film it and then we'll just put it in here so you literally get to flash forward and see what they just show you like 60 minutes later <laughs> It's, yeah, it was just. I was just like, wait, what? Why are we? And then when I saw later, later in the movie, I was like, wait, that was the actual footage. Like they just went back later. And we're like, we need something else in here. We're going to pull footage from the. Not even like footage that made it to the cutting room floor because there's probably none of that because that would be the entire movie. But it's yeah, oh, yes. I'm sorry. Continue on the job. No, no, continue. Yes. So then uh, we. Cut to after uh, Jack explaining this to his crew, they are all in agreement that they're going to help him out one last time. We cut to him going to his family. Now, this is important because Rumble has threatened Jack that if he doesn't go through with this, his family's going to suffer consequences. So we get to see who his family is. He has a daughter and a wife, his wife played by Denise Richards. And he's doing, you know, regular dad stuff, reading, playing pillow fights, uh, all of that. Now... The it Denise Richards like, in the movie, know. by the way, I just want to point out, the Denise Richards in the movie looks absolutely nothing like the Denise Richards on the poster. Like, well, that is... They, they definitely know, use an old picture. picture of Denise Richards to just kind of slap in the poster. It's it's just it's just filtered, that's all. You know, Everyone's face, although, on that poster is filtered. So they, they found course. a good Snapchat filter and they went with it. And I don't blame them. I do it all the time. But everyone else has pictures from within the movie. Denise Richards' picture is from about eight years ago. That's true, because she is playing a mom and a, and a wife in this. So her picture on the poster is a lot more formal than what her role really is. But, you know, like, you're not going to put someone, like, who looks like a mom in a poster like that, you know? Like, it just doesn't, that doesn't create, you know, any, like, You just upset about it. 80% of the world that happens to be named Karen in that one statement. Like, you really did. Great job. Well, no one wants to watch Karen in a movie. Seriously? So... Fuck you, Pat. That's what they're all saying right now. Fuck you, Pat. That's what they're all saying. That's their own thing. They need okay. a money plane. Money plane. Any money plane. So he goes home, spends time with his family. I don't know how much his wife, Sarah Denise Richards, knows about it. They don't allude to how much she knows or doesn't know, but just, oh, no, he has to leave again. What, is, so what does no she even idea. think his job is? Like, what, what does know. she think his job We don't know. That he has to leave. And and he does all these things. Like I would imagine, she knows something. 
She knows he has a job. I don't think she knows he's a thief because when she talks about it, he's like, oh, yeah, last minute I got to go. Like, And mm-hmm. if she knows he's a thief, she damn sure wasn't afraid of the fact that he was leaving to do this and 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 putting his family in danger. And, and and that was one of those moments where I asked myself the same question I asked myself 47 times before I knew the answer. Who the hell wrote this movie? That was one of those moments when Denise Richards could give two shits about the fact that Edge was leaving yet again at such last minute, obviously not knowing he's a criminal. But we don't know what she what she thinks he does. Yeah, we don't know. We don't know. So she he also he has a friend who comes in like comes into his house. So they, you know, are all in bed for the night and he hears someone coming into his house. And, uh, you know, uh, he gets and we're frozen. She'll be back in a second, though. She'll unfreeze. It always happens. It frozen. always happens. And now we're unfrozen. And now we're unfrozen. Okay. Oh, now you told me the connection's unstable. Okay. You, <laughs> that's a delayed reaction right there. Sure is. Okay. It should say connection was unstable, but it didn't. Yes. So many things unexplained. Okay. Just so like this movie. At, at the end... At the end of the night, you know, him and his family are sleeping. However, here he hears a noise downstairs and he's freaking out because, of course, you know, the rumble has threatened him already. So he's probably thinking, oh, no, someone's breaking into my house. Every he time you say the rumble, I can't help but laugh. Who the hell is named the rumble? I'm not going to call him his full name. But who the hell is named the rumble? He wants to be called the rumble. I'm calling him the rumble. Okay. Okay, call him the rumble. So it, it, he goes downstairs, thinks that someone's breaking into his house, gets a gun, and he opens it, and it's his friend. Uh, Harry. Harry. Thomas Jane. The Thomas Punisher. Jane. Wow, how the mighty have fallen. I, I, I'm sure Thomas Jane watches this movie and wonders why the hell he's in it, but so does Kelsey Grammer and Denise Richards. And probably by the end... Andrew Lawrence, but yeah, it's the only person who doesn't wonder why he's in his edge. So, so uh, John, uh, Jack and Harry have a heart to heart, and apparently Harry and Jack do have a history. And Harry <laughs> what it is, we don't know because we don't know shit. In this what movie. it is, but you know, uh, it, it alludes to Harry knowing about Jack's financial situation and being more in the know. Um, and Jack asks Harry to watch over his family while he's away. And he agrees. That's going to be a little bit important later on. Something you'll just wait and see. So next we get to the crew actually getting on the plane. So we have Jack, then we have, uh, and then they have other identities. So I'm, I'm actually going to call, uh, Trey. He has another identity. I forget his first name, but I don't even know if we know his first name. name. Yeah. McGillicuddy's last name, which I wonder if Edge had anything to do with McGillicuddy being the last name. Right? That's the only reason why it stuck in me uh-huh. because that name is hilarious. You know, Edge was like, can we call him McGillicuddy? McGillicuddy. Because he's friends with Curtis Axel, and I could just totally see McGillicuddy being being there for a reason because he doesn't look like a McGillicuddy. That's for damn sure. No, no. And that's it's pointed out very much in the, in the next few scenes. And then Isabella is, is a, a flight attendant who gets on board. Uh, John, Jack, uh, Edge. whatever he edge and, and McGillicuddy work together. Uh, and then a oh, poor Iggy 
uh, gets left behind. He's ground control. So he has to stay behind to help, you know, get all of these other things set up, uh, especially for the Bitcoin right. to make sure that it gets transferred in and it's untraceable. So and even though the only actual storyline element in this movie, that's normally Trey's job. But for some yes. reason, Edge wanted Trey to be on the plane and Iggy to be on the ground. So now we have well, people so who are Edge filling roles that they wouldn't say because he fill. needs Trey on the plane to get through uh, to some of the hacking on right. the plane. So that actually kind of made sense to me. But, you know, poor Iggy got left behind. Like, he wanted to be on the plane. Uh, as yeah, well. but he wrote the movie, so he put himself there. Yeah, so it makes sense. And also, and then this whole thing, we'll get to it in a second. Because this isn't as exciting. The movie's 82 minutes long. Miranda's description of the movie is probably going to be longer. It's going to be a little bit longer. No, we're even like pretty much halfway there. We're we're, we're pretty much getting there. So uh, as everyone gets on board, we then encounter the concierge, which is Joey Lawrence's (laughs) character. He then explains to, you know, everyone there what the rules are, what the role, his role is and everything. Pretty much. It's a casino in the sky and they can bet on whatever they want and they have a very exclusive clientele and they do have rules. And if you break them, like you can get hurt and die or whatever. Um, And no cheating and kind of things like that. Exclusive clientele, by the way, this exclusive rich clientele who all shops at Marshall's. Like yes. seriously, and the whole like, scenery just oh, the scenery is so bad. Like this is the least luxurious money plane you could ever imagine. Money plane, like it is just, and and, and every scene is just the same. It's obviously the same thing, just redecorated over and yes. over again. Like it's just, yeah. So you know, they do some introductions of some um, some people, you know, and they t- t- you know explain that there's betting and stuff like that. Really, a casino. And then they lead them into another room where people are already playing. So my wonder is like, so is that like a first timers meeting where the concierge explains everything because it's their first time on board because there's other people already playing. So like, how come they didn't weren't there either? And it was painfully obvious that they led them from one room into the same room, just redecorated where the people were already playing, even though the game was just about to begin, but they're already was it a warm up like like when we go work out? Was it pre gaming? I don't know. It was. I don't know. Also not explained because nothing in this movie is explained. Yes. So this is where the things get interesting. So the first gamble of the night, the first game of the night, is traditional Texas hold'em, um, and Jack plays this. And also, he's not in there as Jack. So that was another thing I forgot. So he's there as this. Uh, he assumes the identity of this human trafficker that is very well known in the underworld. However, he does all of his work digitally, so nobody knows what he looks like. So that's how, how he's able to get on board. He's assuming somebody else's identity that no one's ever met. And, all and supposedly bad- was killed a year ago. Yes, yeah. And be by Isabella. So Isabella yes. took care of him, and but nobody knows that. But then you would wonder, well, if he's been dead, like who else is doing his work? All right. Who knows? I don't, who knows? Okay. So John then plays Texas Jack. with these other people. Jack, there's no John. And John, Jack. <laughs> Edge. Edge. People are like, what the fuck? Is that? Money playing. So 
Jack Edge, he plays Texas Hold'em with these other people. And, and they're all, you know, bad people. One sells, like, weapons. And I don't know what this other... Like, they all do bad things. So We don't even know what most of them did. We only know that yeah. one guy sells weapons. One guy yeah. does human trafficking. And the rest do something. Right, but what we do know about them... Some of the baddest motherfuckers on the planet are on that plane. That's what we know about them. Yes. So they play a first round of Texas Hold'em, you know, Jack loses, uh, you know, but apparently that was part of the plan because then he says that he wants to, you know, take a little bit of a break and McGillicuddy then steps in for him. And we get more explanation of the authorization process for McGillicuddy to be able to use Jack's money than we get for basically anything else in this entire movie. Yes, because they have wristbands that they use in which the money is uploaded. So they had to transfer the funds from Edge's wristband to McGillicuddy's wristband. Yes. So they did that, and then Edge disappears. But doesn't he doesn't really disappear. His goal is to get into the cockpit of the, of the plane, and he needs to assume uh, flying the plane. Which and they showed us the- earlier when he was describing yes. the job to the team. So he, he ends up doing that. Isabella had to help because he didn't realize there was two people. So in the flash forward, he only expected one pilot, which was, it's a commercial airline. Like what makes you think there's only one pilot in the cockpit? I, I don't know. And, and so he gets, he that was, takes care that, of one. That, that scene was really funny when he was like the co-pilot. Like I should and go back co-pilot. and get that soundbite of Edge being like the co-pilot. Like no shit, there's a co-pilot. No shit. So Isabella helps out because she seems to be having to take care of everybody's messes. I would be so frustrated if I was her. Because uh, because the she's the literally the best part of the movie. She really is. She really is. She like kicks ass. She like doesn't put sort up of. anybody's shit. Sort of kicks ass. There's, there's well, one, I mean, there's one okay, fight that I'm sure we'll get kick to. Kick ass of anybody. Like, yeah. Jack's like really like his fight. Mm, he didn't really like fight. I'm getting too disappointed, even by thinking about this. Because then the rest of this, because I'm getting into this next scene that really then sums up like the last third of the movie. Right. So. Jack ends up getting rid, you know, taking care of this other co-pilot, and he ends up then flying the plane. Which, by the way, However, I think it took him longer to beat up the co-pilot than it took to rob the actual plane. Yes. I like, that was the longest, most drawn out. For an 82-minute movie, I think this was like 10% of the film. Then it's thinking, oh, he's going to stay there for someone's going to No. He ends up staying in the cockpit the pretty much the entire movie. So if you're thinking like, oh, it's this kick-ass guy and he's the lead, no. He just stays in the cockpit and ends up with McGillicuddy getting into some strange shit. Like, then it gets a turn. So they're like, okay, you know, warm-up is over with Texas Hold'em. Then we're going to get into some crazy-ass games. Because the gambling isn't just on, you know, Texas Hold'em, poker, you know, of course not, because that would be too boring for the money plane. Money plane. Yes. So the next game is a game of Russian roulette. And McGillicuddy doesn't really know this until they start prepping the area. So they take the poker table, they end up covering it in a red uh, tablecloth, and then people start putting on ponchos. 
Like, he's wondering what the hell. Like is it's going to rain at SeaWorld, Ponchos. Like it's going to rain, and across from him is the reigning Russian Roulette champion, the Texan. And the I know cowboy. he has a formal name. The I cowboy. Just don't the cowboy. The cowboy. Yes, uh, Matthew Lawrence. Matthew Lawrence. Yes, the middle Lawrence. He has a crazy cowboy hat, you know, thin mustache, and he is just so hot. Thin mustache should be. Thin mustache. This this mustache would make Dutch Mantel proud. Like that thing. I mean, it was fake, obviously, but it was like hanging over his I, mouth. It was a horrible uh, mustache. It was. It wasn't as you know. I'm thinking a Dutch Mantel mustache like that. It it wasn't to that level. But between you know uh, the the cowboy and Miguel Cuddy, they keep passing. You know the the. They don't start yet. Uh, uh, originally, as the winner. Uh, the cowboy doesn't have to go first. The, the the challenger does. However, the cowboy got so confident and excited, he offered to you know go first. And of course, the concierge or the dealer said, "No, no, no, you don't have to do that. The guests could do that." McGillicuddy's like, "Nah, I'm not. I don't want to do that." Well, so McGillicuddy he, he kept saying, "No, no, no. He really wants to go first. We should let him go first. And finally, the concierge was like, "The rule is you go first," <laughs> telling McGillicuddy that he has to go first. Yes. And of so course, Russian passing. roulette, if you don't know what it is, you spin the gun and then fire yes, it. Yes, there's a bullet, yeah. So they go back and forth. Finally, the cowboy has enough and goes and boom. Blows his own head off. Shoots yeah. He shoots his head off. <sighs> <laughs> yeah, he gets tired of waiting for McGill. He just grabs a gun and goes and shoots himself and kills himself. And, and it's just honestly gloriously hilariously bad like it's, it's really bad it's just especially when like the other contestants are happy that he did it because they don't like him and of course these are seedy people i mean these are, you know look who's on the plane some of the baddest motherfuckers on the planet are on that plane and they don't care that he killed himself because they were actually they were betting on who was going to win and mm-hmm. they took the 20 to 1 odds on McGillicuddy. so after Russian roulette, they decide to take it a, a, to a step up, another notch. And this is what I like to call Saw-type games. So for anyone who's familiar with the movie Saw, or the franchise Saw, um, that movie was based on a bunch of crazy-ass scenarios where people just died to terrible deaths. And in this case, it's like the same thing. However, you're placing bets on how long it's going to take for people to die in different scenarios. And of course, understandably, McGillicuddy, he's like freaking out. Edge is still in the cockpit. Isabella is trying to locate where all of this money is. So she's actually like doing her job, just trying to figure out where all this money is. Edge is flying the plane and McGillicuddy's just trying to, you know, uh, not stay die. alive. Yeah, not die. And not die. So uh, they, but they don't tell him that. They don't tell him what the, the premise of the game is. They just ask him, you know, how long do you think it's going to take? And he gives a time frame in the first case. It was 17 minutes. 17 minutes. It isn't until they give him a screen in which he finds out what he's actually betting on. Now, this gave me a little bit of excitement because as Greg saw this movie before I did. And so, uh, of course, I I talked about it. One of my favorite movies is Snakes on a Plane. No, I was not. I have (laughs) had it with these motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking plane. So I was already hesitant on this movie because I was not aware of any snakes. 
there was not going to be any snakes on this plane. So how good was it going to be? And Greg said, oh, well, there's there's a snake in there. There really is. But not really. Not really. There really was not. That's why I wasn't spoiling anything to you. And I didn't just say yeah. there's a snake in there. I said, no. I said, we have a motherfucking snake. We have a motherfucking snake. On so, this motherfucking plane. McGillicuddy gets given this tablet showing a live feed. And it's a guy who is put in a pit with a cobra. So his 17-minute bet or wager was that this guy is going to die within 17 minutes of this encounter with a cobra. And, well, good for him, beginner's luck, he wins. So I also didn't understand the premise of this bet because usually I call it Price is Right, right. Rules, where Price is Right, if you go over, you're out. But apparently... This person died with the Cobra within like 16 minutes and 23 seconds or something. I think it was because everyone else probably went like three minutes, four minutes. Because they were laughing. So it was like the closest? Yeah. So I think he was the closest. Closest to the pin, as it were, in in golf. So that's why I think McGillicuddy won this bet. I don't know. Because like everything else, this movie wasn't explained. Nothing was explained. So then you have a, a series of other crazy events, like some guy, another video of how long it would take for some guy to cut off another guy's hands, um, and then also another guy being eaten alive by piranhas. So things got weird at this point. Like, again, no traditional poker. Like, you're thinking, I'm sure Greg at this point, too, thinking maybe it's like an Ocean's, you know, 11, Ocean's 12. That's you know, like traditional blasphemous to even suggest that games. at this point. And there was nothing like that. Not at all. Couldn't no have been further games. from from the casino game. They 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 kind of played some poker and then they started betting. And then on. they said, "Fuck it, we're not gonna <laughs> we're not gonna do any of that." Money, plan. but good uh, for McGillicuddy. He was winning. So, you know, he was he was on a streak while John and Isabella were doing their respective roles. Or Jack. However, J- or Jack and Isabella. Jack. <laughs> I keep calling him John. We'll call him Edge. So <laughs> while on the plane, though, Edge had. To- <laughs> okay. That's fantastic. This is going down downhill. Quick. That's so, all about. The, I mean, that just that just describes everything. That describes everything. It really does. So before he left, he asked uh, Harry, his friend, the one that, you know, broke into his house. He didn't. He had an extra key, but whatever. So before he left, uh, the extra Harry key offered provided, to help The extra Jeff. key provided, by the way, by Edge's wife. Yes. Whatever. dynamic. Whatever. So Harry had found out when doing some research on the, the painting heist, uh, what had happened. Because they were led to believe that there was a painting at that museum. Guess what? It was set up rumble, uh, and the rumble that uh, they was end on being stolen. And you know, I actually did. Was that ever? Uh, you're you're like suffering from your, there. You go. Edge up. Uh, yeah, oh yeah. The whole setup was was, and you were breaking up big time there. Um, yeah, that was obviously a setup by by the rumble. So why edge. did they explain? That? Um, p- did they explain it? That's a silly question. I don't want to actually answer the question because I think the question is answered in a soundbite you're going to want me to play later. Okay. I don't. 
usually in those types of things, you get an explanation right when, you know, part of the plot is being unraveled, but not in this particular not in this movie. Harry, oh, no. Yes, not in this movie. And there's other stuff that happens. I'm not going to get to it. Please don't. You know, no, because it's, we're just really focusing that everything's happening on, on the plane. I'm not focused on the ground. So, however, when Jack then realizes that he was set up, he's decided, you know what? I'm not going to give this money to Rumble. Uh, but he doesn't, we don't get to that uh, exact idea quite yet. But you see a change in things. Yeah. Again, J- Jack is just flying the plane. We don't see him in playing any of these games, doing anything. So, no, we let the actual, there. we let the actual actors act in this movie. Uh, eventually, Isabella does find the vault. McGillicuddy meets up with them, and so does Jack. And that's when. Wait, but we got to go uh, back because, because as part of that, before Jack shows up, that's when Isabella has a fight with what's that guy's name? Um, I don't know. What is his name? Hang on, I'll find it because it's Ivan. Ivan Vitali. Ivan. Yes, that's when he has the fight with Ivan, or she has a fight with Ivan. And this is one of the worst movie fights I've ever seen. That's saying a lot because we watched Edge and the co-pilot fight for like eight and a half minutes. Um, She and this guy have the worst fight ever. Like when she grabbed the bottles to hit him in the head and I've never seen someone hit someone in the head so bad. And like some of the punches, I mean, they made Bobby Lashley's punch at the Raw Underground look good. Like it was just terrible, these fight scenes. And the way she like – pushes the bottle into his head and then like push like it was just it was one of the worst fight scenes I've ever seen in my entire life. And I've been watching wrestling for a really long time. It was bad. Yeah, I, I think I purposely forgot about that. Or I slept through that. I'm not I don't actually remember. Or or you were so, on your phone just like you were when I described it. I well, I was on my phone watching this. So yes, I was on my phone. Oh okay. I actually had yes. the misfortune of watching it on an actual screen. No, you know, I was going to save this spin to the end, but you you know, I watched Money Plane on a plane. Money Plane. Because that was, I felt like I truly would get the best of that experience by but watching it on a plane. Who was on your plane? Some of the baddest motherfuckers on the planet are on that plane. Probably not that. Probably not that. That is, that is also true. Um, also, some other things that uh, Kelsey Grammer said that were not on the plane. Uh None, none of those things that he said at the beginning were on my plane. No. Thank God. <laughs> That's true. That is very true. So, no, no yes, the fight scene happens. Everyone gets together and uh, they find uh, all of the money. And plus, you know, the hard cash and the crypto. And, and this is the thing. So we didn't actually explain how they were planning to get off the plane. But I'm glad we waited until this point. Right. Because, yeah, well, you wonder... Oh, was this going to be, you know, them landing the plane and, you know, safely, you know, leaving all that? No, 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 no. Their goal was to collect as much of the hard cash that they could, bundles of cash, and jump off the plane and parachute down to safety. Well, because most so of the were, money was in Bitcoin form. Yes, exactly. So they did. And you just skipped over to the part that you, it. you just skipped over this part that you wanted me to have sound for, by the way. Because now you have Edge down with the vault, no longer in the cockpit. So what? Okay, so then fill me in. So I am skipping around a, a little bit. So where where is this gap? Or, or where well, is remember Edge figures part? out that there's uh, that that you know he was set up by the Rumble, 
Yes. We talked, and Harry and Edge have to enact Plan B, and and then Edge makes the phone call to the Rumble while on the plane, and that's what you wanted the the soundbite of. Oh, I thought that that I thought they found the the vault first, and then he calls. Harry. Maybe does he go back to the cockpit? Maybe that's possible. No, no, no. I thought, but the vault isn't in the cockpit, is it? No, the vault's not in the cockpit. It's down. Well, yeah. So yeah. So yeah. So let's just play the clip because <laughs> at this point, it's a funny ass clip. So Edge confronts Rumble, telling him he knows what happened and and it was set up. And this is Rumble's Rumble's response. It also answers the question you asked earlier about why Rumble even picked the money plane, in my opinion. Who are you holding for again? Need I remind you who you work for? I've been up here above the clouds. I don't know, it's given me some perspective. I've been thinking, what if I don't work for you? What if you were actually just a little bitch? And what if this money wasn't actually yours anymore? Are you really fucking with me right now? Are you fucking with me? You think you're a badass, yeah? The criminals on this plane would eat you alive. On this plane, you're a dime a dozen, Colonel. I don't give a fuck who's on that plane. I'm the baddest motherfucker on the planet. I am Darius Grouch III, the Rumble, and I am taking down the money plane. So see, this is the answer to your question. At the beginning of the plane, he says, who's, or being in the movie, he says who's on the plane. Some of the baddest motherfuckers on the planet are on that plane. And then in the clip you just heard, he calls himself the baddest motherfucker on the plane. He's taking on the money plane. The whole reason Darius, Emmanuel, Gulch, whatever, the third, the Rumble, who probably gave himself that nickname, by the way, is doing this oh, yeah. is because he's not on the plane. And he's mad that he's never been invited to be on this plane. Because he talks about the plane, it's lore, it exists, there's stories about it. So he's never actually been on the money plane. So he is just as seedy and bad as everybody on the plane, but he's mad that they never invited him because he just doesn't cut it as a criminal the way these people cut it as a criminal, which given what we met on the plane. Wheelhouse's art, like that's stupid. No wonder they didn't invite him because that's a lame crime. That, that is a lame crime. But that's that's honestly the Rumble's motivation for this whole thing is the fact that he's not on the plane. Now, the movie doesn't tell us that. I had to figure that out on my own. No, because no, he The movie that out, doesn't yeah. tell us Now anything. it finally makes sense. So even welcome. a little bit, I think there's a little bit before that, though, where Edge then tells the crew the change of plans, that they're no longer going to take the money to Rumble. And he tells the crew, though, that they aren't going to keep the money either, that they're going to donate it. <laughs> and that, to me, was... You know, of course, the feel-good moment of the movie. Except if you're one of the two criminals on the plane with him, and they're like, so you're just going to donate? Like, And they were like, yeah, I don't want it either. Like, it's all dirty money or whatever. Mind you, they're criminals. And, and yeah. the reason and they're there like, is because I, I get it, too. Robinson. Like, Isabella's killed someone. Yeah, he was a human trafficker and bad. But, like, you've murdered people, too. She's so murdered people. I mean, people. Like, I mean she, she killed people on the plane. She killed the, the, the person whose identity edge is assumed. Yeah, like these are not good people. They're just the good guys in the movie. Uh, and and all of a sudden they're like, they don't want the money? That's bullshit. That's the, yeah. So then they all decide together they're going to donate it to people in need. Uh, and then 
uh, and that's I also think, part of what they the, mentioned. Uh, UNICEF, I think, was the only organization. Yeah, UNICEF was name dropped. They name dropped yeah. UNICEF. So. Not Habitat for Humanity or anything like that. Not Rain, yeah. but UNICEF. And they did say, you know, when they were ta- telling Rumble that they were going to donate to the people who actually were in need or real crimes like human trafficking. So it did come full circle to the you know, identity Jack uh, assumed. Um, and sure enough, they end up, uh, you know, successfully transferring the money. Uh, to Iggy, who is then battling people with guns, and then Harry comes with a drone with guns. Things are well, that was early in the ground because the first transmission stops fifty three percent of the way through when they start fighting in the server room, and 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 Iggy's like, "It's not working," and then they flew out of range, and so Edge had to turn the plane around because he's apparently a pilot too. And but then the second time when they did the upload you're talking about, it goes through in about four and a half seconds. Yeah, I have no idea. They were like, oh, yep, oh, it's done. The money's been transferred. It's like, really? Because it took an hour and a half earlier and didn't work. But in four and a half seconds, you transferred all the money. Why? I don't know. Yes. Well, also at that time, too. So as Rumble is saying all this shit, he, what he doesn't know, what we don't even know, is that Jack is holding this... Uh, uh, Something. Not... No, that's not like a, the radio uh, inside the cockpit. Yeah. Uh, and it recorded everything that Rumble said that then gets sent to Joey Lawrence, the concierge. And they find out Rumble's intentions with Money Plane. So they find out that, uh, you know, the, this, this whole thing was a setup. And sure enough, concierge doing his job. Saying we're going to take care of it. That's some good class customer service. And by take care of it, they mean they're going to murder Rumble. <laughs> of course they are, because what else would you do, and, and what else would Joey Lawrence do at this point in the movie, other than yeah. maybe go get a haircut? Because dude, but it's yeah, it, it's all the Lawrence brothers had horrible hair in this movie, though. That's, I think that was part of the point. But it, yes. it was yeah, and it's like. They probably don't even know who the guy is, but, you know, Edge pushes a button. It gets broadcast through the movie. He makes a phone call on a phone from the 1920s, and now we have um, a plan. Yeah, that's a good point. How is this radio connected to the phone? Like, uh, you know, it's a fancy phone. Like, how is it connected to the – there are so many things. (laughs) But it's a money plane, so so it doesn't matter. Money plane. Well, because Rumble said his full name, too. So that's how they know who Rumble is. And maybe they know enough because they're all the baddest, you know, motherfuckers in, in uh, the world that they that know are on that plane. how to. Some of the baddest motherfuckers on the planet are on that plane. Um, mm-hmm, on the planet. My apologies. And they know enough. I mean, if they could get uh, a man eaten alive by piranhas, then they're going to know how to get a hold of Rumble. That's true. You make a good point there. They can they can obviously find the rumble. They can find the rumble. And Rumble knows this because then he gets scared and people start so leaving him. When Edge made this movie, or when Edge was in this movie, he didn't make it. Don't put that on Edge. Did he know that he was gonna make a shocking return in the Rumble in twenty twenty? Oh do you think that was like part of this like maybe his name was something different and Edge recommended that this guy be called the Rumble? I don't know how much pull Edge had because yeah, we think McGillicuddy was Edge's doing and the Rumble was Edge's doing. There's not a Christian anywhere in this damn movie, and Edge would have gotten Christian in the movie somehow if he had any pull. Yeah. 
I would have actually enjoyed that. I think, you know, I kind of think, I think Christian would have made like a good concierge or yeah. he could have even made a, a pretty good cowboy, even though I don't want yeah. to see Christian like blow his head off. So maybe never mind. He could know. have been one of those seedy people, one of those baddest motherfuckers on the planet. I think that that would have been the perfect role for him. That would Some have been of the him. baddest motherfuckers on the planet are on that plane. Yeah, that would have been mm-hmm. the perfect role for Christian. Yes. So Rumble gets, I guess, his due justice. We don't see he that, gets, though. We don't see it. It's alluded we? to it. It is. And we can assume that he, he's he's done for. Yes. And so, and he finds out, because that's how they found him, though. Okay, so remember Edge, when he first got to Rumble's house, as he was leaving, he left a radio transmitter there. So I believe that's how they found him, is that they found the radio transmitter. That was part of plan B, I'm sure. Was okay. was somehow he put the radio transmitter there? Well, that might be how he recorded. I don't know because that radio transmitter thing was so dumb too. Because they have a million ways to produce that spot, and they produce it in a way that almost makes it look like the Rumble Saw Edge put it there. Like, yeah, it's pretty big. Like, yeah. uh, like I and he reaches under like the table for it. Thing. Like he knew it was there. It's like, like, and it had a flashing red light. So, like, obviously, after a while, like, you're going to be like, there's a red light flashing. Yeah, especially when it gets dark. And, I mean, we know that Rumble's out there behind his house in the dark because that's the only place he ever goes. It's the only place that they record. Yeah. I mean, wow. Just another really dumb thing in this movie that that we just discovered and uncovered and unearthed on the money plane. Money plane. Miranda's frozen because – she lives in Tucson, Arizona. And that's what happens. And she's like seriously frozen. Like like normally she's back by now, but she's not. It's just her frozen face. And I don't know if it's going to come across that way. Oh, she's back. Welcome back. We missed you. Also, real quick, you keep saying frozen. I did also watch Frozen 2 on the oh, plane. Yeah. I'd love to do a review of that sometime. Love the uh, greatest scene, one of the greatest scenes in any movie ever is in that movie when Olaf describes Frozen 1 in like 30 seconds. Like that Yes. Is- one of like when we watched Frozen Two, I we watched it on on I think it was on Disney Plus. We saw it in the movies too because you know I have a daughter. But we um when we watched it again on whatever format we watched it on, I watched that scene like seven times. Like that scene is just hilarious, especially it's when it's like their parents are dead. Like that's just the great. Like like that's just Olaf in Frozen Two was really a highlight for me, especially this ability to like go through human emotions uh-huh. and like figuring. Like I felt that. I felt that. I bet like, you did. That movie, even Olaf as a character, made more sense in Frozen Two than the whole movie of Money Plane. That's a good. I mean. This movie, like, I watch this movie and I just want to ask Andrew Lawrence. Are you really fucking with me right now? Are you fucking with me? Like, that's what I want to want to do sometimes. But I will always appreciate the fact that the shit he wrote for Kelsey Grammer, that we have these clips, it's priceless. <laughs> the best and worst part of the movie. Some of the, the baddest motherfuckers on the planet are on that plane. What plane are they on? Money plane. That's what plane. Money plane. <laughs> yeah. All right, so they have everything. They got the cryptocurrency off board. They got some bundles of money, and they all one that scene also of them parachuting out of the plane. I've seen way better on daytime television uh, or any television show. I've seen better scenes jumping out of a plane on podcasts than I have in that movie. Like that, (laughs) like I think she flipped the double bird to the rumble. 
I don't oh, know. Oh, yeah, they all flipped him off. They all did yeah. a little flippy flip. Which is funny because McGillicuddy, who was painted in this movie as incapable of anything, was probably the best person at jumping out of a plane, apparently. Mm-hmm. So, because he goes at it like, you would think McGillicuddy would be afraid to jump out of the plane. Like, that would fall in line with his character and the character that they've developed for him throughout this entire movie. So, of course, he jumps out of the plane like it's no problem because Andrew Lawrence wrote this movie, apparently, and doesn't know what he's doing. Money plane. So... Uh, the next thing we see is now this is the only location that was disclosed in the entire movie. So we get a cut shot to Istanbul. And apparently this is where the uh, $40 million painting has ended up. And it was leaning against a bush. It was the $40 million painting. $40 which, million. When the painting. fake gets delivered, because we see the fake painting get delivered. That's like a picture, like a random stick figure on a on a, a stick figure with the middle fingers. With up the middle as finger, well. and it's in like the most secure painting shipping box possible. But the actual forty million dollar painting is leaning up against a bush, yes. against shrubbery, against shrubbery. So as Greg mentioned, yes, that's the the trick is that they found out where the 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 painting was. This game well, and uh, presumably they stole it because yes. when they mentioned the painting on the plane, Ed just in passing says, well, I guess we got one more job to do, which would, uh, you know, in a real world would be money plane two. Money plane. Oh, God, don't. that ain't going to happen. Don't put that out there. No, don't put no, that I'm out sorry, there. I'm sorry. I take it back. Especially if, if Rumble is dead. Now, if he's not dead, okay. Because we didn't we see him talk. die. We didn't see him die. He had the Uzi and he was shooting everybody. And, and that's the last we saw of the Rumble, creating the Rumble. There goes one last heist. Yeah, one last heist. Turns into another. So they steal the the painting, and uh, by them all of them, and then we cut to Jack with his family, his wife and his daughter, Um, and he gets a call from Harry, and Harry was the one who helped uh, get this painting off of their hands because remember they didn't make any money from the actual heist on Money Plane, right? Because they They gave it all away. Huh? Because they gave it all away. Because they gave it all away. Yes, they gave but it all away. They Plan B. It to to UNICEF. <laughs> other choice organizations that we don't and other organizations. Uh, however, because of the notoriety that the painting has gotten, the asking price for the painting went up. So it's no longer a forty million dollar painting. It is a sixty million dollar painting. Who knew? Who knew? The Money asking plan. price went up. And Harry mentions that they could split that three ways. And, and Jack says, no, he wants to split it five ways. He wants to split it between everyone. Including not, Harry. Not just, yeah, including the people, you know, Harry and Iggy. Right. Well, he, well Harry, Harry said split four ways, which would split be Jack, Jack, Isabella, Iggy. I thought he said three ways. Could. Yeah. And then Edge says, no, four ways or no, five ways. And Harry doesn't skip a beat and goes, okay. Like, doesn't say thank you because, of course, like, shouldn't Harry be part of it anyway? Like, without Harry, none of this happens. Yeah, that's true. Without any of them, he flew the drone with the gun. (laughs) That's right. We forgot about Vanguard One that went around and killed everybody and saved Diggy's life. Yeah, that was the best part about anything that was happening on the ground. That's all you need to know. That and the fact that Iggy had hours. Iggy had hours to set everything up and didn't, but then set it up in four minutes. It took Edge longer to beat up the co-pilot than it took. Yes. Than it took for for Iggy to set up the equipment on the ground. Yes. So and and then close scene. 
And then that is the end of, of Money Plane. So I hope that everyone was able to get a good sense of this through my, you know, somewhat jumbled description of the movie. Uh, Greg's good insight. Uh, literally, Greg helped me make more sense of this movie than I think anyone could have. Um, he really was a, a <laughs> pivotal insight to things that Which I just really scares me. Grasp. And, and really I think you were kind of grasping at straws. Money plan. I was because how else do you make sense of this movie? Like, like you have to grasp at straws to make sense of this movie. Are we going to get to say what we think of the movie? Like, are we going to give like an actual review of what we thought? Oh, yeah. Movie? Yeah. I mean, like, okay. I, I, I would think that that would be that's how these go, right? You just, Typically, yeah. you know, I'm just telling the audience that we are done describing. Typically, on a, in a typical movie review, the last hour doesn't happen. But and then we actually talk about what we think about the movie. But honestly, no one listening to this is probably going to watch the movie. So it's probably good that we did this for them because. Yeah, well, now you, they have to watch the movie. That's, uh, the, that's really what. After listening doing, to right? this, I don't think they're going to watch the movie. No one's going to watch this. No. So, okay. No. So let's start off with you, Greg. What, what are your overall thoughts of this movie? So this movie, I mean, to call it a B movie would be a compliment. Like this movie was bad. Like I felt bad for Kelsey. Like did, did Kelsey Grammer owe somebody money? Is that why he's in this movie? And, and, you know, he must have, like, just have a soft spot. He for has the kids. Brothers. You yeah. know, he has kids. He must have a soft spot for the Lawrence Brothers because that's what this is all about. The Lawrence Brothers must be big fans of wrestling because they put Edge in their movie. Um, and, and like I said, the best part of the movie was Sarah. Here's the biggest problem I have with this movie. Of everything we listed, everything. It, it's, it's described as action, suspense, mystery, thriller, whatever, and it, it's none of that. It's a heist movie, right? And there's one thing that is in every single heist movie you ever watch. There's one thing you watch the movie and you're waiting for it to come. And that's the twist. Oh. There's no twist in this movie. I mean, I guess maybe figuring out that Rumble was part of That's not a twist. Well, I'm just saying that is probably the equivalent of a twist. That is the worst twist ever, if that's the case. Like, like I was waiting for Harry to be a bad guy. I was waiting for Edge to, to you know, have, have I don't even know what. But, like, no, there was no twist whatsoever. Like, like I think maybe, maybe Sarah would turn. Not Sarah. Sarah's the wife. I keep mis- mixing up Sarah Isabella. and Isabella. Isabella would turn. And, but, no, no, none of that happened. Like, they, they basically and, – and they had plan B. Like, they had plan B planned all along. And and Plan B was like Harry shoots a drone and sells a painting, like what, like 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 what the hell, man? Like literally, this movie had no twist in the type of movie where a twist is basically required, and it has no twist. And that was my biggest like when the movie ended, I was like, "Where's the, where's the twist? Like we're in Istanbul, we're gonna meet up in France, we're gonna split up the money, and we're gonna be fine." Yeah. Off the painting that we didn't steal in the beginning and somehow stole again later and we don't even know how. <sighs> yeah. yeah. Money plan. Money plan. Yeah. What do you what what do you think of the movie? So this I I watched it uh because you know this was something that we were talking about as a you know fun thing to watch and discuss. Of course, Edge, you know, having that wrestling connection, you know, he yeah. is he's a, a fairly good actor. 
um, and someone who's been in other roles as well. So I kind of had some decent hopes for it. And also, you know, the, the cast itself, you know, it's, you know, people from a variety of different roles. I mean, God, Denise Richards was a Bond girl, you know, Kelsey Grammer's won awards up, you know, the Wazoo, you know, the Lawrence brothers, as much as we give them should have, have been in, you know, media for, Tons of things, you yeah. know, 15 plus years, you know, I mean, they've had more of a lengthy career um, than, than lots of people. So I, you know, I wanted to give the benefit of the doubt. Thomas Jane um, was Bane for crying out loud. Yes. Like he was Bane. I'm sure he sat there while reading the script for Harry in his head. He was like, I was Bane. And now you want me to do that. <laughs> <I was laughs> like, like I'm uh, sure Kelsey Grammer is sitting there and too. There was and, so much to be honest. If like, uh, that the fact that Jack Edge's character spent a lot more time in the cockpit. I think if him and McGillicuddy had switched roles, then that would have had a better explanation. Yeah. As to, you know, uh, even just his past, because they allude to the fact that gambling got him into the situation and even seeing how he struggled with gambling to help save his family, which Harry straight out pointed when they had a conversation like, Gambling led you into this mess. Right. Now you have to gamble to get out of him. You played one hand of fucking Texas Hold'em, and that was it. Then he pieced out. Then but he that was McGill the plan. Cuddy. That was part of the plan was to have McGill Cuddy do all that stuff because Edge had to get to the cockpit and and fly the plane. I don't uh, – I mean, like, that's also – But here's the bigger thing. Like, I would have rather have seen Edge play all the games except Russian Roulette. That scene would not have been better with Edge than it was with McGill Cuddy. McGillicuddy was That's true. like if Edge I had to leave and that put McGillicuddy in the position to play Russian roulette and that was unexpected like McGillicuddy didn't know that because McGillicuddy knew this was going to happen it was all part of the plan but if McGillicuddy didn't know and got stuck playing Russian roulette and he obviously he didn't know he was going to play Russian roulette he didn't know what the games were yeah. but if that were the only game McGillicuddy had to play that although even the time game was pretty funny because McGillicuddy has no idea what he's doing and keeps winning so yeah I guess that makes sense but so, McGillicuddy playing Russian roulette is the one thing I would not change about this movie yeah, no, that's that's fair enough. Yeah, so there's little gems in it. Again, Kelsey Grammer is both the best and the worst part of this movie as well. Uh, so he's fairly entertaining to the watch. There are gems the in it, but you you have to literally go through 83 minutes to find the less than one minute at a time segments that Isabella's are, got some good lines too. We Isabella, yeah, I, I think she has some good one liners and probably the most well developed character. Yes. Uh, uh, out of the entire movie, your lead actor doesn't have as much character development and depth, which is we knew yeah. more about Edge when he made his WWF debut than we knew about Jack, whatever his last name is, in this movie. <laughs> like seriously, like, like you know the movie uh, you, you, his, his original theme song. It said, "What you think you know me?" Well, his theme song in this movie would be like, "You know nothing about me," because we knew Jack think. shit about Jack Reese or whatever his name is. We yes. knew nothing about this person and had no reason, honestly, to care about him. No. Other than the so fact that I, it was Edge. Yeah, you know. And he wore, yeah, like the fact that he man-bunded the whole time as well, uh, literally well, that's, the And that's the thing, because that character in a movie would never have had that hair. Like, in all honesty. Long hair. It would be shorter? No, it would be shorter. Like, honestly, that char- if this movie were properly written and cast... Harry would have been Edge, and Edge would have been Harry. Ooh, yeah. Like, but 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 if you notice, pretty much all of Harry's scenes they also take place in the same place uh, as does in all the of house. 
Yeah, as does all of Sarah's scenes. Because here's the thing. Yeah, we were in Istanbul for that final scene, but that was probably just the backyard of that house that they happened to be in during most of the movie, and they just called yeah, it Yeah, they Istanbul. just put like a certain filter on, and then you Yeah, you and the filters. That's all they do in movies yeah. now is filters. Um, yeah, because you know, all the big name actors pretty much did their scenes from one location in this movie, and it was and all the other people. they filmed it in people. like a day. I think they filmed this movie in probably a day and a half. <laughs> like there's really only two or three different settings of this whole movie so yeah yeah so and you know what now i think about it so they had all the special like electronic uh technology with the wristband but yet they use an old school phone to like get that's what i don't understand either like you're gonna transmit billions of dollars in bitcoin using a cell phone to your guy on the ground and the plane flies out of range, and that's why you can't do it. Also, the other okay, this is one of those deals that that you know things that are overlooked in a movie. Edge was talking to the Rumble on a computer, closes the computer, takes it with him, but then is talking to him on a cell phone later. Same conversation. He tells him hold, please, and then when he puts it back up, he puts up a cell phone and not the computer. We never see the laptop again. And, and well, he leaves the laptop. Yeah, it's he doesn't. Call, he took it with actually. him. Actually. He took. Yeah, he takes the laptop with him. It's not a SIM card. No, it doesn't work. We didn't see him. No Zoom call. Oh, it's a Zoom call. It's a yeah, secure Zoom. connection or whatever. When he duct taped it to the. Yeah. yeah I, that was just one of those random, you know, poorly done things that every movie has somewhere that you can see. Yes. But that's nothing in this movie. Yes. Well. That's our insight and review uh, of it. Uh, as far as so, okay. One last thing. So, uh, Rotten Tomatoes, uh, guess what the percentage uh, um, rating percentage is? On uh, it's got to be low. I'm going to say 19%. Uh, a little low. It actually is listed at 25%. Wow. Uh, yeah. So, I'm surprised. A lot of reviews on there are not that. Why would they be? Like, Very seriously. consistent. This movie sucks. Like, that's. <laughs> The review. Yeah, it, it, that it, is that it is sucks in the way the review. It sucks in a way though that like could catch on. Campy, dumb. No. You know, I think that there's certain scenes that yes, you <laughs> have like the Russian roulette scene is is pretty entertaining. A lot of the one liners from Kelsey Grammer are pretty entertaining, um, but there's not enough continuity in it where like you stick around to watch it all and laugh, you know, at it, not with it. Um, you really kind of have to sit down and just struggle through a, a lot of scenes from, you know, the beginning portion um, and even in the end to get to some of the more entertaining things in the middle. Yeah. it struggle through is definitely a great way to, to put it for this, this movie. It's, it is, you're right. Like it's not, un, it's not intentionally bad. It would have been better if it were intentionally bad. It probably would have been fantastic if it were intentionally bad. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't intentionally bad. But it, it wasn't. Was just bad. No. Yes. Well, everyone, that is our review of Money Plane. Feel free to watch it. Let us know your thoughts if you do watch it. Uh, I, we're not held liable for anything that you do with this movie. You, But, you know, watch it for yourself and see if you have the same opinions as us. And feel free to reach out to us on social media, at Chairshot Media, at Chairshot Greg, and at the hashtag Miranda to let us know your thoughts. Uh, and 
you know, luckily for you, we got a few more commercials for you uh, in support of some of our sponsors. Lucha-Masks.com by Pro Wrestling Revolution. Bringing you, in partnership with Mask Republic, the Lucha Brothers, as well as Japanese legend Ultimo Dragon. Go to lucha-masks.com and fight Lucha Strong with masks from your favorite Lucha Legends and Pro Wrestling Revolution Luchadores. Stay safe in style and represent your favorite Luchador. Get yours now at lucha-masks.com, powered by Pro Wrestling Revolution. This is your boy Kenny Killer telling you to make sure you check out thechairshot.com, bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, thechairshot.com. Well, we've made it to the end of another edition of the Hashtag Miranda Show. Something different for you this week. Not uh, too much in wrestling news because, hey, that happens every single week. So we hope you enjoyed our review of Money Plane. Money Plane. Yeah, do the... I mean, you really fucking with me right now. Are you fucking with me? Uh, Which one do you want? What What do you want? I'll do it. Oh, that is just the money plane. Some of the baddest motherfuckers on the planet are on that plane. Money plane. I did money plane. I did money plane the first time. Money plane. Money plane. Money, 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 money plane. Yeah, that's pretty Money plane. Don't forget again to follow us on social media at uh, Chairshot Media, at Chairshot Greg, and the hashtag Miranda. Also, don't forget to listen to some of the other fantastic podcasts on the Chairshot Radio Network that can be found on thechairshot.com. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. And of course, prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot. Don't forget the sale that's going on in the next few days and using the code summertime 20% off you. And yeah, we'll do this again. And uh, and we won't be talking about money plane. So it'll be a lot easier. It feels like now that we've talked about money, money plane. plane, talking and going back about wrestling will feel oh, so that easy. much easier. Yeah, if you so think rest, if you think Raw is bad, go watch Money Plane. Money Plane. Yeah. Oh, uh, you know, uh, yes, big deal about Raw this week, uh, and we talk a bit about it on uh, the Greg Demarco show. So listen to this week's episode. We share our thoughts on Raw. Well, no, and yeah, everything now is going to be measured up to Money Plane. So you know, Money it could make this job a lot easier or a lot harder depending on how you view it. We'll see. Uh, but thank you so so much to all of the listeners and viewers of this show continuously grateful for everyone who listens who everyone who watches and supports the chairshot.com a big thank you to uh, my co-host greg uh who sat and watched that movie you did it that's that's what are friendship you really is with for. right that's now are friendship. you fucking with me money plane yes i did and i made sound bites well, I feel like that was gonna happen. Like, if anything, this movie was, was an excuse for you to make sound bites. Goddamn right, it was money playing. <laughs> it's funny when I watched it. Like when when Kelsey Grammer describes the job to Edge, I was like, "Oh, I'm making a sound bite out of that one." Like, mm-hmm. and then yeah, that kind of spawned the whole thing. Anyway, sound bites galore. Send them home.
<laughs> Send them home. <laughs> Thank you once again. We will be back next week with another edition of the Hashtag Miranda Show. And hey, don't forget to keep it soft style. Enough is enough. I have had it with these motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking plane. Everybody strap in. I'm about to open the fucking window.